This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we preview and review all the big business and market stories with Oanda Senior Market Analysts from around the world. And today it is Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm doing much better now that I'm talking to you, Johnny. Uh, just 24 hours after my second dose. Ah. Did feel some side effects, but I think uh, just jumping back on the podcast uh, always brings a smile to my face. You are a brave soldier. If I've got mine next week, we can both compare notes on our second jabs. But first, I wanted to talk to you about Bitcoin, which has plunged today along with other digital currencies. And this summer saying is following the comments from US President Joe Biden about a proposed capital gains tax hike. Would you go along with that? Well, I, I think the crypto market was looking for a catalyst. Uh, this, this market was, uh, was long overdue for a sell-off and uh, we, we started to have uh, some uh, signs of weakness earlier in the week. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, the, the Biden tax um, proposal just sent uh, lots of panic into the the cryptoverse and um, we did see uh, you know the, the token plunge below 50,000 which has been a, a key level this is kind of the worst week in about two months uh, and uh, I think that you know the the big potential tax increase uh, is going to have you know tremendous impact on uh, California and New York which really is going to impact big tech and you're going to see that uh, um, this is going to be a long, drawn-out story, um, and uh, I think that uh, overall, um, you know, the, the Bitcoin insiders, they're kind of noting that, well, if you have your Bitcoin in California right now, you're, you're going to end up having your Bitcoin in, in Singapore or in other countries or even other states. Uh, so uh, I think that um, it was definitely the catalyst, and uh, I think when you combine it with um, what happened in the middle of the week, um, 420, uh, April 20th, was a date that was targeted by many. Um, there is that altcoin, Dogecoin. Uh, this is the, the the one of the dog that Elon Musk has been touting about. Also, Mark Cuban. Um, this coin um, was expected to have tremendous uh, retail buying, and uh, it did. And uh, it, there, there was a lot frothy targets. People were expecting this coin, which was, you know, just, uh, you know, a couple months ago, you know, below 10 cents. They were expecting it to go to 50 cents or even a dollar. It struggled. It reached around the 45 cent level. And now it's, you know, trading back below around, you know, in the, the, the low 20s. So I think that kind of uh, sparked a little bit of a um, disappointment and uh, you, you did start to see uh, some panic selling um, once you know a lot of people bet big because they were anticipating that this dogecoin was going to take off and it didn't and uh, so that's why you know, crypto volatility is is it's it's not gonna um, I think ebb anytime soon um, this is going to be a, a, a extremely I think volatile couple of weeks but um, you know, more importantly for, for people who trade cryptos, though, I think a lot of people are eyeing what is the institutional money going to do. And uh, a lot of them are, you know, they've been touting. I mean, JP Morgan just uh, 24 hours ago was saying that they were anticipating that, uh, you know, we could have a, a, a big sell off. And uh, 
I, I think you know that was it's it was almost comical though because uh, a few days earlier they you know reaffirmed their hundred forty six thousand dollar target <laughs> or longer term target. Um, but no, I think Bitcoin does have volatility, and uh, I think there was um, this belief that you could have some momentum selling. There's there's been a bit of an exhaustion of the news cycle in, in crypto, so uh, it should be very uh, choppy. But um, I think the the longer term money still are believers so uh, this this is going to be a, a fascinating trade i think over these next couple months a lot of people are going to be saying this is it this is your if you missed the bitcoin move this is your time to buy in uh, but the question is you know is it going to hit forty thousand, or is it going to hit thirty thousand, uh, or is things just going to stabilize now so that's kind of the, the 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 mindset right now on wall street and we have been here before with bitcoin haven't we it has gone sky high then plunged and come even further up again and you know obviously this is the first time since early march that it's traded below fifty thousand dollars and i believe the combined value that's been taken off the entire cryptocurrency market is now 200 billion dollars extraordinary isn't that for um, a relatively new kid on the market very very much so and and i think you know we've we've seen uh, just uh in the last day the the whole you know crypto global crypto market cap you know tumbled over 11 percent. and I, I think with bitcoin you know everyone's been you know focused you know bitcoins you know for much of the this this month we were talking about how bitcoin's over a trillion dollars now it's you know at 921 billion and there's this this there's belief that you're going to probably see there's going to be um, a little bit of a tougher road here for Bitcoin. And one of the reasons why is because the other coins, especially Ethereum, um, there's a, a, a much more greater use case there. And you're starting to see a lot of investors target Ethereum, which um, fascinating right now is they I think what happens is there's certain dates that are thrown out there whether it was 420 for dogecoin ethereum a lot of people are eyeing may 5th as a key date where you could see a, tr a tremendous build-up and i think with these dates you're going to you know typically see people buying that rumor and then selling the event and uh, so right now it looks like there's uh there's still a uh I think a lot of um, interest still in, in these cryptocurrencies, you know, there's been these regulatory hurdles that have been brewing, but um, as of right now, it doesn't seem like anything is too immediate. I mean, Turkey did come out with their ban. Their ban takes effect um, next Friday. And uh, that, you know, is if, if we see other countries do that, that's really going to weigh on sentiment. But right now, it, the Turkey decision seems more uh, isolated and, and more uh, a decision to avoid or implementing capital controls because they're concerned about their uh, tanking lira. Okay, let's move to another big faller over the last few days, and that's Netflix. Uh, you mentioned 11% earlier on, and uh, that should be the, uh, the number of this podcast because Netflix shares fell 11%. The company blaming COVID-19 on a big slowdown in subscriber numbers, um, although... I'm thinking, yes, it might be down to the coronavirus pandemic, but not because um, they can't make as many shows and movies as they were doing before, which is their excuse for this, but because a lot of people just aren't buying or subscribing to Netflix in the numbers that they were because they're starting to go out and starting to live a, a, a relatively normal life. I mean, it's not back to normal quite yet, but uh, certainly the days of only having Netflix to watch 
day in, day out, are behind us. I think that's well said. And and I think the big concern for them right now is, you know, the battle for content. Uh, uh, there are too many players now. Um, I, I think that you're seeing, uh, you know, we saw CBS Viacom have uh, their, I mean, that was mainly because of the Archegos capital blow up. But I mean, we, we've seen uh, these uh, streaming giants really uh, under pressure. And I think that reopening trade is going to um, really make things complicated because what, what's happened over this past year is that, um, you know, Netflix, their numbers were, you know, overall, I mean, the, the subscriber numbers were very disappointing. Uh, but, um, you know, as far as profit goes, uh, they didn't have to spend big. They didn't have to compete in buying uh, or, or bidding on, on new shows. And, and that really provided them, uh, uh, I think, some help on their bottom line. But um, you're going to see that now that you're, you're not just competing with Amazon Prime. You're, you're going to be competing with uh, HBO and CBS and, and uh, you know, a laundry list of other uh, uh, streamers out there. And this is, this is going to complicate, I think, their outlook going forward and um, I, I think right now you're, you're going to see that um, you know Netflix I think they're still going to maintain the media crown I think going forward I think that you're going to see that uh, the reopening trade is yeah it's definitely going to be the the I think the the biggest hurdle for them I think you're going to have uh, you know a lot a lot of lost interest in in um, streaming and people are going to want to enjoy you know what they couldn't be, could have been doing over the past year and I, I think right now there's a lot of uh, belief that um, you know it's going to take some time to ramp up production. It's going to really uh, be difficult for for them to uh, navigate the post-COVID world. And uh, I think they're, they're, they've been really trying to specialize too in uh, regional specific content. And you know you still have a good part of uh, Asia and uh, uh, emerging markets that are struggling right now and uh, it's going to be difficult to create content there still so i i think right now uh you know netflix it's the first fang stock to report it was disappointing but i think you're you're going to see that uh you know big tech has been dragged down uh for a plethora of reasons and i think you know the the the, the other one that's been contributing to it is you know the typically um when you and kind of circling back to your earlier comment about the Biden tax plan, uh, momentum stocks, you know, historically they, they lag when the capital gains tax goes up. And I think we, we've seen that throughout the eighties. Um, and, uh, you're, you're probably going to see, uh, that remain a, a massive headwind for big tech, which is going to drag Netflix down, Apple and Google and Amazon as well. So, so I think there's a, a lot to be said of, you know, the, some of these recent developments, but uh, yeah, Netflix, uh, you know, um, there, there's still upside that they're going to remain the media king as far as uh, streaming goes. But, um, I think, yeah, right now there's, there's a lot of investors that are kind of, uh, becoming a little bit more, um, skeptical as far as, you know, the, the, the long-term prospects here. Okay, let's talk about the European Central Bank, uh, Ed, and uh, they decided on Thursday to keep uh, policies unchanged. And we are still looking for clues as to when this massive monetary stimulus might start to be wound down. Very much so. I, I think, you know, the, the, the ECB policy decision for me was a snooze fest. I think we, we really didn't get much from um, um, EC President Lagarde. Um, I, I, I think this was her meeting that she was really just trying to punt. She's, she's, there's too many variables right now. Europe, uh, has, uh, now they, they, at least they have vaccines heading in the right direction. Um, but I, I think that, you know, there's, uh, still a, a lot of, uh, 
short-term risks at in, you know at hand, and uh, you're probably going to see that they're, they they just want to wait until the June meeting to see exactly where the economy is standing, and uh, yeah, they're 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 going to uh, have to phase out uh, you know uh, some of the stimulus eventually, uh, but that's going to be you know entirely dependent on how the outlook for short-term risks are to the economy. And uh, I think that you're probably going to see, um, I mean, right now, I think uh, the, the street is expecting that they're going to slow their, their purchases in the third quarter. I think that's a, a realistic expectation. Um, so so it, you're probably um, going to see that uh, the Fed and the ECB are not on the same page. And uh, I think that, uh, um, you know, what would be terrible for global equities is if you had both the ECB and the Fed removing accommodation. I think the ECB will be slightly ahead of the Fed, um, despite, you know, what you're seeing, um, you know, some of the, the growth numbers that we're getting out of the U.S. And, and that's mainly because the, the U.S. is struggling in the, the labor uh, situation versus um, uh, pretty much every all the other advanced economies. So I think the ECB uh, is is poised to continue to rise. Uh, I think there's a lot more momentum building there. And uh, I think, you know, the, the medium-term risks, as Lagarde pointed out, are more balanced. And uh, I think you're, you're probably going to see that, uh, you know, the European growth, I think, optimism is going to be start to become the, the, the main catalyst on why we're going to have a, uh, a weaker dollar. I think there's been um, uh, expectations that you know, the, the, the rise in Treasury yields is going to resume. And yes, that will happen. But I think uh, if the if the situation in Europe uh, turns uh, very positive, you're going to see that o overtake uh, that 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 correlation that we've seen over the past couple months. And uh, no, I think uh, we're, we're in for a very uh, data dependent, uh, I think, next couple of months um, for both the uh, Europe and the U.S. Let's look ahead to the next seven days or so. What is standing out for you on the horizon? Next week is too busy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's, there's a lot going on. I, I mean, we have a Fed meeting, and while you know we're, we're you're going to see a lot of people are going to be, you know, focused on uh, Powell's language, um, the taper debate uh we're, we're not ready for that yet but i think there's there's still a lot of people that are going to be looking for cute uh clues as far as um you know how much more upbeat are we on the economy given you know the the continued vaccine success and uh some of the 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 data points we've seen um, you know the fed regional surveys you know for the most part very impressive uh, this recovery is heating up i think there's this belief that you know first quarter is going to be solid um, the second quarter that was going to be amazing. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of people are focused on that Fed meeting. Um, and uh, also, as you know, I kind of hinted, you know, we also next week, we do get a, a lot of first quarter GDP readings um, across uh, Europe and the US. So that, that's going to be, I think, uh, what a lot of people focus on. Um, you know, the situation in the US is, is very, uh, it, it's very optimistic. I think we're expecting 6.5% growth which would be uh, uh, much higher than the 4.3 prior. Um, you know, on Friday, we get Germany's uh, GDP, which is going to slip back into contraction. Negative 1.5% is the estimate. Um, and uh, Eurozone growth is, or, or Eurozone is still going to remain in negative territory. It's going to tick down, I think, around negative uh, 0.8%. So we get GDP data. That's going to be big. Uh, but what also makes this a... Uh, a very exciting week is that you we also have an OPEC um, plus meeting where uh, they're, they're, they're going to uh, review the uh, 2 million barrel 
uh, per day uh, output increase that's supposed to take place in May through July. Um, there's a panel meeting on Monday. The, the, the big meeting, though, is on Wednesday. Uh, that's, that's going to, you know, possibly, uh, that could, depending on if they decide to tweak their policy, they, and I think you could make a case for that, um, you, you could see oil strongly react to that. So that's uh, another big event, too. And that, that, that's, it feels like it'll be all week because sometimes these meetings get pushed into a second day as well. So we'll uh, keep our eyes on that. And also, too, uh, it's a huge earnings week. We get results from Apple, Facebook, Boeing, uh, Deutsche Bank. Um, there's there's uh, uh, UB, UBS, HSBC, uh, Google. It, it's just a lot of the, the, the tech giants and uh, some of the key European banks are reporting. So I think it's, it's going to be a, a, a very, very busy week. Uh, and, and not to, to, to forget, we also have rate decisions from the Bank of Japan, the Hungarian Central Banks, uh, the Riks Bank as well. Uh, no major changes expected there. No uh, uh, asset purchase programs to remain the same. Uh, but th that's, you know, everyone's looking for that, you know, that, that forward guidance. And, uh, you know, that, that, that could uh, provide some big moves on those respective uh, currencies as well. So I think a, a very busy week. Uh, but... Um, you'll probably see a couple uh, surprises uh, that come out of nowhere. Um, I think uh, as we get more clarity from the Biden administration, that's always something we have to stay on top of. And uh, no, I think uh, we're also going to see Iran nuclear deal. Joint Commission reconvenes. That's going to be also uh, another uh, potentially big uh, market moving event. OK, Ed, have a very good weekend and we'll speak to you again in around about a week's time. Wonderful. Thank you so much and have a great weekend. The Oanda Podcast.